0: Today, I wanna to talk about why you should never practice peaceful parenting without peaceful partnering. This is Hi Fam. I'm Avital. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so thrilled that you are here because today I want to share with you some deep insights that I've had into my marriage that have really helped me to reclaim and master modern marriage and create the marriage of my dreams with the partner that I have. I know that sounds a bit like a brag or a humble brag or whatever. Um, but the only reason I share this is so that I can inspire you and share with you that it is possible and also share with you the steps that I took to get there. And I've outlined all of that in my signature course, married youcom There's also a free masterclass that you can take there. So head on over to married-u.com. Um, to check out All Things Married You. This is a labor of love. It is part of my life's mission in helping you to build a strong family, in helping you to love parenting and parent from love. And it is the high fam, that high family mission to create really strong loving bonds within your family. And if you are married or in a committed relationship with your co-parent, then this is highly relevant for you. So I wanna start way back when, when I had my first child, Uh, over a decade ago, And um, I was obsessed with all things peaceful parenting. I wanted to be a great parent. And so I ate up all the books that I could. I read The Conscious Parent and Peaceful Parenting and Happy, Peaceful Parent, Happy Kids and Simplicity Parenting and Unconditional Parenting and on and on and on. Uh, I read about Attachment Parenting and all the different types of. Uh, kind of gentle, respectful parenting—the Rye philosophy, the Montessori ideas—all uh, these different ideas that really I I I kind of drank them up with great tremendous thirst. And I began applying them in my parenting. So really working tremendously hard on myself. I was working all day to be patient, to be loving, to be communicative, to use nonviolent communication, uh, to be respectful and gentle, um, to hold space for big emotions, uh, to hold boundaries with calm and kindness. And I was working on being a peaceful parent, right, just to sum it up. Now, I think peaceful parenting means different things to different people, and uh, it's evolved a little bit over the years into something that I don't quite recognize today, but at the time, I was very go-hung on these philosophies, and I was very committed, and I really wanted to be the best parent that I could be. I still want to be the best parent that I could be, and I, I worked really hard on it. And I think if you'd have watched me with a secret spy camera throughout the day, you'd of seeing someone who's holding it together, right? Someone who's creating a respectful and peaceful environment at home, someone who's treating their children with with a lot of sensitivity and care, with tremendous intentionality. Of course, losing it sometimes, of course making mistakes sometimes, but overall really being kind of on it with regards to my parenting. I uh, you you know, you could kind of tell this by the by the thoughts that were going through my head, by what I was preoccupied with. I was very very concerned and I felt tremendously guilty and worried about my parenting. Like the mistakes that I made, I kind of would ruminate on them and rerun them in my mind and feel really bad and worried about the damage that I was causing long term. I thought carefully about how to phrase things, about what to do, about how to manage our time, about how our home was set up, about what to buy. You know, I was just being very, very intentional with my parenting style and my parenting decisions. And it really concerned me and worried me. And and, and the main thing that I cared about in my life was parenting. That's why I called my videos at the time, the parenting junkie. I was like a junkie for all things parenting and becoming an amazing parent. (sighs) The shadow side to this (laughs) that you may or may not recognize in yourself is that at the end of the day, when my husband got home, my face changed. Okay. (laughs) Like I became a different person. I was irritable. I was short. I was snappy. I was resentful. I was very disrespectful uh, to him. I was agitated. I was judgy and critical and demanding and entitled and pretty mad uh, and pretty self-righteous with my husband. So it was this odd double standard that I was living where I was really bringing my full attention and care and self-control and growth and development to my children And yet my marriage was full of friction and tension. And this is the time in my marriage where you've probably heard me speak about this, where we were kind of really struggling and thinking that maybe we were incompatible. Maybe we needed to get a divorce, trying out different therapy, couples counseling. We felt like it wasn't working. And I have a lot to say about that time and about the lessons that i you know, the hard one lessons, the painful lessons that I learned through years of mistakes. Uh, and those are actually all really bundled into my Married You course, because I want you to leapfrog over that and learn the lessons without the painful mistakes and without the years and years of trial and error. But at the time, I really was in this kind of negative mindset about my marriage, right? I felt frustrated. I felt unseen, unheard, misunderstood. I felt like I was carrying the lion's share of running our home. Um, I felt like our division of labor was not fair, was not equal. I didn't feel that deep sense of connection that I was seeking. I mean, I still loved my husband. We still had some good times. We still had a good friendship. We were loyal. We were trustworthy to each other. We were an okay team. But it didn't feel like great teamwork or like amazing friendship. like this passionate, desire-filled, fun marriage that I always hoped for and fantasized about. Um, And I, I, you know, it wasn't good. And what I suddenly noticed one day as I was criticizing my husband was that I was using the exact words that all the books were telling me not to use in my parenting. And I had this kind of epiphany, this aha moment, realizing that I was actually doing everything to my husband, which was exactly what you're not supposed to do to your children right? You were exactly not supposed to get triggered and not supposed to be blaming and criticizing and yelling and giving the cold shoulder and punishing. You were exactly not supposed to do all of those things in peaceful parenting. And yet these were exactly the behaviors that I was uh, enacting just naturally, subconsciously on autopilot without thought with my husband. And that double standard, that hypocrisy, that lack of consistency in my own attitude really caught me off guard. I was like, what? What? I'm being so unpeaceful, so unconscious, so, you know, so conditional in my marriage when I'm working so freaking hard to be so unconditional and peaceful and conscious in my parenting. So that is why today, you know, over a decade later, I can tell you with full force that you should never practice peaceful parenting if you don't also practice alongside it, peaceful partnering. And here's what I mean by that. If you practice peaceful parenting, then that means you probably read some books or take some courses or listen to podcasts and you're trying to improve and develop and grow yourself. And one of the catches, one of the, uh, one of the kind of traps that you can fall into when you're on a path of self-development, and I see this so much with my students, is the trap of self-righteousness. Okay, let's just be honest about this. It's the trap where we think, well, I'm doing all this work. Well, I'm really developing. Well, I'm really evolved. Uh, I'm enlightened. I've grown. And in a sense, it can lead you down the path that tells you that you've outgrown him, that you're better than. It can actually lead you to this holier than thou stance where you think you know it all, where you think, or at least I can speak about myself. I thought I knew it all. I'm doing all this work. You're clueless. You don't know anything. You're so primitive. You're a Neanderthal. You're just a guy. You're just a man, toxic masculinity, all these negative traits around him. And it made me judgy and it made me insufferably self-righteous and it made me preachy and it made me controlling. Like you do it my way. I know what I'm talking about. I've educated myself. I've done the work. And it made me sense like, well, if I'm doing all this work and he's not, then I've outgrown him. I, I, you know, I'm going to develop beyond him. In fact, I just this week had a client say to me in my Desire Lab membership, one of my students said to me, I am worried about carrying on my path of self-growth and self-development because I'm worried that I'll outgrow him. Now I give a very you know clear cut and powerful answer to this inside the free married you masterclass the marriage by design masterclass which you can find at married married.u sorry married com. so definitely check that out but i do want to touch on that here because it's very 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 relevant to these peaceful parents that we might be not practicing peaceful partnering If you have a double standard there, then you're going to exercise self-righteousness at your partner. You're going to make it sound like you're a better parent. You're a better equipped parent. You're a more invested parent. You're a more engaged parent. You're a better educated parent. And therefore, you should preach, control, nag, criticize, or simply look down on your partner, right? Simply belittle their choices, minimize them, um, really think of them as lesser than. And that creates a terrible atmosphere. It really made me quite insufferable and caused tremendous damage to our marriage. So that's the first problem is that you could feel like you're outgrowing him. So if you're practicing peaceful parenting, the answer is that you also have to practice peaceful partnering. You need to apply skills, just like you're applying skills to your parenting, you apply the skills to your marriage. They're slightly different skills, but there's a lot of overlap. And then you can elevate both of those relationships at the same time. Here's another reason why you should never practice peaceful parenting without peaceful partnering, which is that it simply doesn't work. I mean, look, I was there talking patiently and, you know, doing time ins and holding space for tantrums and respectful parenting and Rye and all this stuff to my kids. But at the same time, right, in the same breath, they're watching me be critical or belittling or snappy or grumpy or manipulative to their father. And let me tell you, kids do as we do, not as we say. In fact, how you treat your partner is more powerful to your children than how you treat them themselves. Let me just say that again. How you treat your partner has more effect on your children than how you parent them. You think you're parenting them peacefully? but you're not being peaceful in your marriage, then you've got another result coming because they're going to emulate what they see in your marriage much more than they respond to how you talk to them directly. That's because children learn by witnessing. They learn by uh, watching. We are observing creatures. We emulate, we copy. They're going to copy you. Just like your child copies you cooking or changing a diaper or driving a car. They're going to copy you, being critical, interrupting, being disrespectful, being rude, being demanding, being, being controlled. Right? My children were copying me. I suddenly watched my child treat his brother the way I was treating his father. Huh. Duh. Why would that surprise me? It's obvious. Obviously, the most powerful tool in parenting is modeling. That's number one. If you haven't heard my episode on you are the curriculum, go back and listen to that because that's what I'm talking about here. We are the curriculum. How we live in our marriages, the skills that we have or do not have in our marriages are the skills our children will or will not learn and absorb in their relationships. My marriage is a blueprint for my children's relationships for the rest of their life. What they see in my marriage is what they're going to emulate. And they were seeing disconnection. They were seeing disillusion. They were seeing conflict. They were seeing manipulation. They were seeing frustration, you know, mutual irritation, all sorts of things, all sorts of negative skills, all sorts of lack of skills. So it doesn't actually work to be a peaceful parent if you're not going to be a peaceful partner. Like, forget it. There's no point. I mean, there's not no point. There's something to it. But it's basically moot. It's basically going to be completely cancelled out by the fact that the very air that they breathe, the home that they're in, is rife with lack of peaceful relationships, right? But, you know, not nonviolent communication and unconditionality and, and ease and consciousness. No, it's not there. That's not what they're witnessing. That's not what they're experiencing. And in many ways, the relationship between you and your partner is far more powerful than whether you or not you do a time in or a time out or hold space for them or punish them, because that is the primary adult behavior that they're witnessing in their home. That they're saying, they're seeing this is what adults do to each other. This is how adults behave with each other. This is how I should be an adult. And they're striving for that much more than, you know, how we treat children. They're striving to emulate us as adults. So it can't work. How you treat your husband is more influential on your children than how you treat them. And I realized that and I caught it and I did a big change. I had to. I had to. And finally, the reason that you really should never practice peaceful parenting without peaceful partnering is this. If you practice peaceful parenting and you develop an amazing relationship with your kids as a result, cool. But if you don't practice peaceful partnering and your relationship with your husband or partner is uh, rife with tension and friction, what that will cause is not only that you will suffer in your marriage, but also that there will be a rift between your partner and your children. In other words, if I'm treating their dad badly or he's treating me badly or we're just not getting along, I am now causing a knock-on effect, that butterfly effect of there being a tension between my children and my husband or between my children and me. The tension between me and my husband causes my children to look at me and be like, why are you making it so hard for dad? Why are you not being loving to him. We love him. He's our dad. You should treat him nicely. They feel personally affronted and attacked, and rightly so, when I attack or, you know, criticize their father. That hurts them. It might also convince them, which is even worse. They might actually agree with me that there's something wrong with daddy, that daddy's like another child, that daddy doesn't pull his weight around here, the daddy's difficult, that the you know, all these things that I have to say about their dad, even in the privacy of my own mind, if they're getting that through the energy in the home, they might cr- feel that towards their dad, which is bad for them, full stop, right? Children want to feel love and admiration to their parents. And then that might ricochet back to them. I've heard many students come to me saying, you know, my husband loves our children, of course, but he's also a bit jealous of them. He's jealous of the attention that they get. He's jealous that I have patience for them and time for them and that I hold them and that I love them and I don't give him any of that attention. And it sounds petty and immature and a bit ridiculous. Like, of course, a mother's going to mother her children and not her husband. Grow up, man. It sounds like that, but it's also true. I mean, I know it was true of me that I was neglecting my marriage, neglecting my primary relationship, my first and foremost love in this life. And channeling all of my energy onto my children. And as a result, there was an imbalance. It wasn't good for him. It wasn't good for me. And it was terrible for our kids. Yes, our partners have the right to expect closeness with us, positive attention from us, a relationship with us. Hello. That's kind of what they signed up for. And when I withdraw that and channel all of my energy exclusively to my children, even though evolutionarily, okay, it makes sense, biology, et cetera, I'm like drawn to keep this creature alive and and surviving, but also unhealthy, imbalanced, unpleasant, not holistic. Instead, I had to learn to see my family as an organism, a holistic organism where we're all intertwined and interconnected. And if one family member is being treated poorly, like an organ, it affects the whole system. It's not good for my kids, for my husband, for me, etc. All of us need love and attention. And I know you might be thinking, every tell there's only one pie, I can't slice it so thin. Like, you know, I only have 24 hours in the day. I only have one body. I can't be the, the be-all and end-all for everyone, the mother to everyone, holding space for everyone, giving to everyone, answering everybody's needs. No, I know that, of course. Of course I know that the idea isn't to demand more of you. The idea is to create more of a balance, more of a win-win situation, not to look at it like a pie to begin with. It's the idea that love multiplies, not divides. It's the idea that there's more than enough to go around. It's the idea that in this family, we treat everyone with peace and respect and with love. It's the idea that the more peaceful and loving you are, the more peaceful and loving you are, the better it gets, the better it gets. There isn't a depletion from my love and patience towards my children when I also practice love and patience towards my husband. In fact, the opposite is true. There's an increase because that becomes the language of the home. That becomes the norm. I become stronger and stronger in my patience and love and I'm able to give it more freely and more easily to everyone in my family. And of course, receive that in return. If I'm practicing peaceful parenting as though it could possibly be siloed off from peaceful partnering, I'm creating rifts in my family. I'm creating division. I'm creating boundaries that at the end of the day will cause separation and fractures. That's not what we want. We don't want those cracks in the system. And so my friends, I invite you to never practice peaceful parenting without also practicing peaceful partnering and if you want to learn how to become a peaceful partner what you need is marriage skills it's really simple you don't need more and more therapy you don't need a whole new partner you don't need to nag and drag him you actually just need the skills just like you did with your parenting you learn skills you practice them and over time you create a whole new intergenerational healing a whole new pattern a whole new style of parenting you can have a whole new marriage you can master modern marriage with marriage skills and that's what I teach at mary youcom check it out share it with your friends and if you found this episode confronting conflicting fascinating just a lot of resistance that came up that's all normal and good and that's why we create this podcast I want to add to this conversation I want to spark meaningful debate and so please make sure to use this to share and have a conversation in your own life with your friends keep on living that high fam life I'll see you back here next time.